1: Welcome back to the podcast. Hello, Zach. Hey, how you doing, Steve? Just great. How's it going? Just great. Zach's here. That means we got to recap the Bears' loss to the Vikings. That happened on Sunday up up there in Minnesota, 29-22. to 22. Um, So the Bears had a loss, lots to talk about mm. from this game. A lot of time to, to sit on this game, but uh, yep. Yes. Zach's here to discuss all the Bears uh, recap versus the Vikings. Um, good things, bad things, up and down, embarrassing moments, um, especially at the beginning. And but yeah, lots to talk about.
0: Yeah, but you know, you say embarrassing. Look, I'll, I'm going to be with you. I the first half, like I would say, the first quarter and a half, we we're, we're all it was dead and infl- dead in fl- deflated. Where I was at watching. At my usual drinking hole, uh, the Fat Dan Chicago-style deli in Indianapolis. You know, my little home away from a uh, homish area. But I, I think we all just assume this is going to be a lay-down-and-die game. Like, okay, clearly the Vikings on paper, as we talked, they're more talented than Chicago. They were showing at the beginning, Kirk Cousins 17-17. And I was thinking, man, he might tie, tie or pass the consecutive uh, completion record. That funny enough Derek Carr and Mark Brunel set at 22. So he was only five passes away. We're, I'm sitting, we're all going okay, hopefully we get we do something and maybe we get uh, some more victories later on. And sure enough, uh, they fought back. They didn't mm-hmm. lay down and die. Um, and I had posted on Twitter and you had commented about this or at least quote tweeted it that this in a naggy run organization, at least in terms of the team and its structure this would have probably continued in the same path we all thought it was going to be that Matt Eberflus never die take the indianapolis like pesky uh, annoying type of stick around team mentality that showed and they basically made halftime adjustments and almost pulled off an upset uh i mean they were leading at one point after going down 21 to 3 later on and I really thought they had it, you know. A few things didn't go their way, but I actually felt kind of good at the end as much as the blading ending came to be.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. When they went up 22-21, there was a part of me that's like, something's going to happen. I felt like they could have had it, but something was going to happen. Um, what I mean by embarrassing is the very first play on offense where you get a delay game because you had 10 guys out there. Like, that that part was embarrassing. You – Coaches have these plays scripted, and they tell the players, this is what we're going to do. This is the very first play, blah, blah, blah. And the, we can't get a guy out there. We're going to delay a game. And I know the very right. next play was like a 15-yard screen, so I made up for it going back and looking. My NFL Plus recondensed game, I went back and saw the beginning. Ooh. I'm like, ooh, yeah, I saw it's, that. But You sound so fancy saying, I have
0: NFL Plus.
1: Somebody has to, I guess. <laughs> um but, yeah, lots to talk about, you know, jumping all over the place. But you are right in the fact that in a Matt Nagy team, with especially if he had this team, they would have given up. And and it can't be overstated. I'm not against Matt Eberflus. I'm not sitting here going, oh, my God, he's the worst head coach in the NFL. No, um, we have to give him time. We can be hard on Getzee a little bit, but he's a first-time play caller. This is not a Eberflus is done. People have already, like – got on him and put him on this hot seat. And I'm like, he doesn't, no, don't it's put him insane. on this hot seat. It is. Like, I'm going crazy with certain things, but I'm not that crazy yet of, no, we can't put that because there is mental toughness. I think we've seen it all through these games, through these five games. There was some mental toughness there that wasn't there before that we haven't seen since um, Lovey Smith's, nah, yeah, maybe since Brian Urlacher was there and everything. Like, there's this toughness, mental yeah. toughness. Yeah. I mean, because you
0: can't really say it about the Mark Tressman era, and I don't know. Nagy started hot, but it's it's felt. I mean, you look back at the Nagy era now; it started hot because I think he tried. They got creative, and then uh, unfortunately, some things just switched up. Vic Fangio left after 2018, and you know, John Fox. I mean, we didn't. Even, I didn't even mention that era, but it was so lame duck. Nothing really eventful happened. That was like Tressman levels of like locker room loss or even naggy levels of incompetence. It was just John Fox was burnt. He was cooked at that point in his coaching career. Right. You know, didn't have much left in the tank in terms of creativity or getting what he needed. But, yeah, I mean, compared – I would say you're right. The love there, I think, was the last time we really saw that type of, like, you know, stick to the plan. You know, if things are going south, we can execute on the best of days. And so – it felt like that. Like it was really close. I, I felt like I actually was. I was up. Uh, I was up jumping from my seat, thinking we were going to go to overtime because we had found a groove that four weeks into the season was not present until somehow was switch just flipped in the late second quarter.
1: Yes. Um. I could. I guess you could say there was some mental toughness during the John Fox era. We still had Jay Cutler around. We still had these other guys. Yeah. But I think overall of. Or The overall team, like during those times, it was hit or miss. The defense was mentally tough or the offense was mentally tough because you had a quarterback that um, could play. Um, But it did feel a little different at times, and there was times where we were the good old Bears, you know, um, and like like you stated, um, (laughs) we let them get hot, completing so many passes in a row. Um, and, guys, Jefferson was so wide open all, you know, every single time and watching the defense. Oh, my goodness. They were just playing back off defense, and I keep bringing this up, and I don't know why. It's like Notre Dame back in the day. Back in the day before Marcus Freeman got there, Notre Dame played that 4 2 4-3 defense, kept everything in front of them, wanted to fly up and make the tackle, and that's kind of what the Bears were doing. I, I think they were truly afraid of getting beat deep, from Jefferson, but then that allows them to nickel and dime you down the field, and they picked on Gordon. They put Gordon on um, Jefferson, but then you have two, you know, rookies corners out there, so I think it was just kind of pick your poison of who's going to be where, and, you know, they picked him apart, and You know, I'm going to go all over the place. They got picked on because they were dropping back in zone coverage. They weren't doing this man lockup stuff with help over the top, didn't seem like. And then the defensive line was getting mauled up front at times um, in the run game, which opened up the pass game even more. So, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, we said it, he only plays good on Sundays. And then it got to that point later on where he didn't. But it was just that game where when you're going to give him that cushion – you know a 6-yard completion here, 5-yard completion here. It turns into big plays if they miss some tackles and you're not physical with the receivers, you're giving them this cushion. That's kind of what led them back in the game later on. You know, when it was 22-21, yeah. that the Minnesota was able to do it because we continued to play that way throughout the game.
0: Right. Now, Justin Jefferson, you know, I I don't understand what was going on because if they if Allen Williams was stating at the beginning before this contest that they were going to have a main focus on making sure he wasn't a focal point, that defenders knew where he was at all times on the field. They did a piss-poor job of uh, at least at least functioning and kind of keying into saying, hey, this is your best receiving target. You might not want to let him roam free and kind of just sit down where he pleases because all, all Kevin O'Connell and the company did is they just said, all right, well, we're gonna, if you're playing, no, we're just going to sit you and We're just going to toss, you know, let our guys just kind of get yak if needed, get these get these really high percentage throws in if possible. There wasn't really many risky throws. Like Kirkton either was on it or they were throws that were open because the zone pocket was available to the receivers he was throwing to for the most part. And they were doing a pretty good job at least through the first half that way. Second half – Chicago locked things down a little bit. I think they got a little more aggressive. They got after Cousins a bit more, and they took advantage of mistakes when needed. I mean, hell, Kyler Gordon definitely had a terrible first half, I thought, but second half somewhat more respectable. Hell, even Kendall Vildor, who has been a who has been basically vilified by Bears fans, I thought last year for his performances. I mean. I still don't – I still worry when I see that man with number 22 on the, on the field. You get an interception on a really good read. You know, second-half adjustments, pretty good stuff. Thing is, got to put the full game together. That's a young. That's a youngish team still building up. And that's the side of the ball, you know, it locked itself down. But I guess the, the moral victories don't fully reveal themselves when you had such an egregious first half that kind of put you in that spot in the first place.
1: Yeah, because um, they fixed it in the second half, but it was just that at the very end, it was like you got away from doing what was working because it was almost like a they're too afraid to to let a big play happen because when they were doing all that, it almost felt like well we got nothing to lose, let's just start doing this, let's start doing let's do something different, um, and um. Yeah, I, the defense was just a struggle, uh, Gordon. He, he, he he like you said, struggled at the beginning. Um, still without Johnson. the uh, Right, Johnson, I can't remember if I said the name mm-hmm. right. Him being hurt hurts us. And the Vikings are a good team. They showed why they're a good team at the very beginning um, of the game. And, you know, the, the defensive line is still a struggle. Um, people are even getting after Roquan Smith. They, they were they were really going after him. I
0: don't know. I, I
1: didn't really – I thought it was an average game from him. I didn't notice anything
0: that was egregious. Honestly, the only one I'm starting to notice that I think in terms of his responsibilities when he's brought down for run coverage is Jaquan Brisker. There's been times he has been kind of poor at run defense in the last few weeks, uh, and by last few I'm talking against New York and now against Minnesota, where – I think I think he just needs to slow his game down and read the situation a bit better because generally what they've been doing is they'll he'll crash down but he'll misread the hole or he'll crash down and the running back will make a cut and make just kind of make him look silly you know and I think I don't know if that's just a young eager player or not or someone that's you know feeling like they feeling like they need to get down there as fast as possible but they aren't you know keeping their eyes open scanning as well but that's who I've more been noticing otherwise I mean yeah, it's it's the week the front four it's been a bit weaker and honestly besides Roquan Smith I mean Nick morrow has been all right, but he's not gonna be a world beater for you in that department um and I don't really I don't really see the same on the opposite side of, of Roquan as well so I don't know it's gonna be a weakness all season I mean not another ninety-four yards for, or another ninety-plus-yard game from a running back. Dalvin Cook did what he wanted for the most part all day. You know, you're getting five point two yards a carry. You're you're bound to get
1: something out of that. Right. Um, that it was that defensive line. The defensive line was just getting blown back in that run game. That Minnesota Vikings offensive line was just amazing in the run game. And like you said, the linebackers didn't like make a huge impact on the game. They just had a normal linebacking game. Like They flew over and made the tackles. They you know, did everything like that. So Roquan Smith, this whole – I saw people saying, like, this is why we're not paying him. This is why this is happening. Like it, Again, they said that last week, and they're saying it again this week. And I'm like, I'm sorry, he's not Brian Urlacher. He's not Lance Briggs. He's not – you know any of those guys? He's not even Cleo Mac. He's just kind of his own guy. He's going to make plays, but when you're like the only guy on defense outside of Quinn, who Quinn is struggling, it's hard for him. Um, it's hard for him to kind of do it all on his own. And when they're going to key on him, it's it's really tough.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they did. They've been having most of their pressures of. I mean, Quinn had one or two that were close but i mean their sack counts have been coming kind of from everywhere i mean we did the only the only one that came up and actually was a pretty crucial one in terms of comeback opportunity uh was justin jones had a really nice job getting uh, inside pressure um we it was earlier in the fourth quarter when that happened um but otherwise i mean it that's been kind of typical and you're right like they're gonna key in on you know robert quinn he's that main guy um who is right now kind of having a lacking season, I think, because that's really what they're paying attention to, is just him right now. You know? Not it hasn't really had too many opportunities, I think, to get back there and be as much of a disruptor as he was last season at this point. And it's actually it's funny it's led to what I've seen as uh, possible trade destinations for him. I'm kinda I'm wondering with him being a set you know, on the on the opposite side of thirty. You're in a Bears organization that is rebuilding. Credit, you know. He's played up pretty well, but you know that is a discussion for maybe another day. Is you know if the trade deadline comes or you Chicago, do you stockpile? You know, trading Roquan someone Smith
1: do. or Quinn? Yeah,
0: or well, Roquan. Sorry, Robert Quinn. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Quinn. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, more the wide receiver from Carolina. Now all of a sudden, because of what's happened today with. Matt Rule being fired. They're talking the bear like people are already like they've got to figure out a trade to get more in as the white receiver. Well yeah, they
0: want DJ Moore. Yeah. Which which fair. I mean if you can if you can swing it, that is a problem that is solved for a multi year deal that you don't have to worry about next year. You already get your potential number one target. You know, or two. Because honest I mean, Dar- there's that whole discussion is Darnell Mooney a true number one. I don't care. I like DJ Moore instantly helps either side. So if you can swing it, great. But you also have to be able to swing the money, and what you then you got to give possibly the draft capital. Are you okay with that draft capital is, that, is at that point? That's the other thing.
1: Right. I don't see it happening, but it was just funny you brought that up because that's all I saw on Twitter today was mm-hmm. as soon as Matt Rule was fired, Bears, you have to go get him, or it's rumored that they're going to talk about getting him. And it's like, okay, but what are you going to give up to get him? Like like you right. said, they, they they were stockpiling money. Or you have to give up some of that money. Or you can give up some draft picks. Depends on what you give up for him. And I because I don't think we have a lot to offer unless you do give up a Roquan Smith and send him there, um and and whatever. But well, that's mm-hmm. that's a whole other. If that happens, it happens.
0: Right. right. Um, exactly. But the, but
1: yeah, I mean that that's gonna be a
0: discussion moving forward. Now I'll tell you, on the flip side of the ball, I mean speaking of receivers, you know. Not a bad day, like like, Darnell Mooney. You know that that highlight reel catch that's being all over the NFL right now. Really, I mean that was the that was the kickstart to this entire comeback. Was you know an excellent grab over the shoulder. It was the ball was a little outstretched. He made a, a fantastic adjustment to get that ball down, and that's really what kicked this thing off. That's a confidence booster. And as I as you and I have said. This, this offense, the QB on this offense for sure, and this is just how it is, you know, it helps with a young team, but like a specifically emotionally based gameplay and being able to say, okay, we can do something. We are working. This system is working today. We are getting in a rhythm that helps us. And that's a big boom play right there that kind of, you could tell it was the spark. They're like, all right. You know, they went into halftime, said, okay, we got something. We're only down 11. Let's go kick him in the ass. And they did for about a quarter and a half into and more some change into the second half until Minnesota took a 75 yard, 17 point drive down our earth.
1: Yeah. Um the beginning of the game, like like we said I said we talked about, it was just embarrassing to not have that. But then that quick screen, then there was a quick hitch. And last week, talking about, me for me personally, with a struggling quarterback, what I found that works is they have to see the completion. So if you see the screen Mm -hmm. pass, you see the hitch thrown, and you start saying, okay, I'm feeling this throw. I'm able to see this. But then he had that overthrow on the rollout. Then he had the overthrow to Mooney, who there was just a miss. He was wide open in the end zone at the beginning. Um, But then as it went along, that gives a confidence to a quarterback, um, the receivers, they had a couple of drop balls at the beginning, but like you said, that was just like kind of the spark to Mooney—the deep ball, one-hand catch, which was amazing. That set oh, that gorgeous. up, set it up. Um, but what was hurting the Bears? Got to find a balance because they would have a big play like that or some big catch, and they would try to run the ball, and he gets stuffed at the line of scrimmage, or he get a two-yard loss, and that took all your wind out of your sails. And so, this Bears, you know, we're going to be all over the place with this offense. Um, the wide receivers did play better, so we'll just finish that. They played better. Um, you know, David Montgomery, though, ended up with the most receiving yards at 62 yards. So it was nice to have him back. We didn't even say that, you know, and misspelling his jersey yeah. at the beginning. Motto Montgomery whatever they wanted to, you know, call him. Uh, that,
0: that was – I could not believe that that, that, that happened. Some, I mean, sure, it, some things slipped through the cracks, but come on. This is, this is your star running back and – you happen? To, I, I just I couldn't believe you know the, your main guy that's the your ball carrier is getting a bad branded jersey to go and have that thrown on to Twitter, you know. So Mont, it must maybe that's why he wasn't running as well, or they or why they couldn't get any holes for him against Minnesota because it was Montgomery because Montgomery would have hit the hole harder and would have gotten hundred yards on that Vikings yes. defense, but. The, you know, the purple people eaters of today, uh, I mean, they did a great job. They, they game planned for this. They said, okay, this is like every other team that, the Bear, that we, that's played Chicago. They have a top three running game. If we could stop that, then we are forcing Justin Fields to have to play ball and have to contain him. But the flip side of that was, this was, A, it was the best day I have seen the Bears play on the offensive line. They only gave up two sacks. Pockets seemed pretty clean most of the afternoon, which was surprising to me. Minnesota, they sent a lot of blitzes. You know, they generally have been able to get decent pressures and only gave up two sacks against Zadarius Smith and uh, company. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you have Daniel Hunter on the other side. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a solid day from them.
1: Yeah, somebody put this up. It said. Justin Fields, when the pocket is clean during the game, he was 12 of 15, 174 yards, and a touchdown. But that touchdown was a little shuffle thing they call pass. Right, Um,
0: well, Valus Jones getting in the action, which, hey, shout out Valus Jones,
1: right? Right. Um, Then when he's under pressure, he was 3 of 6, 34 passing yards. So, like you said, I mean, when he has a pocket yesterday, it was fine, like any quarterback should be. But then – we're going to I'm going to I'm going to be grumpy here about this later on but we're going to be positive then I'll be grumpy because of what was said as we <laughs> okay, continue to move okay. on. Um yeah, he at the beginning I thought receivers didn't help him out then when he I thought the very beginning of the game and then we saw some of it fall apart. The Bears pass protected much better. They pass protected much better than what they did. But it's a heckle and hide thing from them a because hide. <laughs> because it's either they're going to run block really well, like we saw against the Texans, you know, even the Giants, I thought they, you know, did okay. It's that, and then they can't pass protect, or it's we're going to pass protect very well, but then we can't get any type of run game going that we're used to because um, the Bears total run game-wise, what, 78 yards rushing? When a lot
0: of that was off Justin Fields scrambles.
1: Yeah, when Montgomery gets twenty yards, t- Montgomery twenty yards and Herbert eleven. Like that's Although,
0: it. Although don't talk about I was going to say don't talk about uh, the Fields rushing yards because that really that number had a potential to be higher and even make the game possibly a win. You know, well, the 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 very now infamous man that was the former Viking that I think by the end of the game my dad were calling him a sleeper agent.
1: Yeah, 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 the, the Marset guy. Yeah, that's – that? Amir
0: Smith-Marset, you will not live in infamy this week.
1: Oh, people were – someone tweeted at me to cut him, and I'm like, yes, cut him. Let's get rid of him because that's <laughs> – I was so mad because I didn't know if we were going to win the game, but he caught that ball, he turned, and I said, he has a clear two yards to run out of bounds, stop the clock, we're all good – Then he cuts it back in, and I'm sitting there yelling, no, stop, why are you cutting it back in? Then he's getting tackled, and then boom, and I was like, that's it. Like, how dumb to not run out of bounds? Like, we tell high school kids, as soon as that happens, run out of bounds. You're already past the first down marker. Get out of bounds. That was was a dumb play. You're in the NFL, and you've been in the NFL. It's not like you're a – you know, practice squad player that eventually made it up to that point. Like you were drafted, but like it was so bad, I was yelling so much, and it just—I was like, "What a typical Bears way to lose the game." It was the muff punt last week versus the Giants. Then it was that taking the ball away to have any type of shot, and I'm like, "Come on, he'll."
0: It, that's it is the ultimate deflation because they were they were on the war path. They had Minnesota on backpedaling. Really, that entire fourth quarter, and sure enough, it just—I'm with you. Same deal. Like We're I'm watching this, and again, and full so like I, I go to one specific sports bar. I watch these games with basically like a decade five friends of mine, or friends or family members of mine, and it's a—it's a complete combined effort of run out of bounds, run out of bounds, and gets the cut up, and sure enough, it is dead. Audio silence as soon as that ball is stripped from Marcette's hands. Because of course, if he goes out of bounds, we avoid that entire situation. You yeah. know?
1: So it, in the moment,
0: it's horrible, you know, after the fact you go, yeah, if we, if we would have not given up 21 in the first quarter and a half, maybe we could have won and didn't have to do a comeback. You can always, you know, go back and forth, but that, that that situation you can't have. He admitted he was a little selfish on and. That and we're going. Yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> you, you selfish doesn't really cut it even on that part. And of course, I, you, we hinted at this just a second ago. He also is his penalty of a block in the back also resulted in a loss of an amazing Justin Fields scramble for a touchdown.
1: Oh, that's right. Yes, that's why. Cause... So that's
0: why he's 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 infamous for sure. This week he gave he had two costly decisions. That were really his only two involvements in this game.
1: Well, the Vikings are probably still paying him. So he's probably like, I'm going to help out because they're still paying me. That's that's what I think now, now that you brought that up. And I'm going to go back and watch the film. When all 2022 was put up of this, I'm going to go back and I'm going to make a Twitter clip out of it. I'm going to figure it out. I'm not tech savvy. I'm going to figure it out, put it up there and say, this was not. Because I remember when that happened, I said, that is a horrible call. I can understand why they called it, but like, come on, man. Like that, that, whatever. This is the NFL. That's not whatever. Mm-hmm. That was a flop. I tweeted it right when it happened. I said that was a le flop from LeBron James. Like that was, uh,
0: the, the, it, there. There happened. was some theatrical Shakespearean acting uh, to that degree on that play. Yes. So it, it did not help whatsoever. Um, but of course, they're gonna they're gonna call that. And there was probably just enough of that arm on his shoulder. To where they're like yeah I I got to throw the flag. It's a it's at least look if you're an official you're going well there's more reasonable reason to throw this flag than what Tom Brady was Oh my for.
1: god.
0: I don't want to get too far into that but again, I, you can go on Twitter and find it on my pro, on my page. I I don't know what to say with that because the gray area becomes larger every time and now we're of course, you know, I I'm fully pro safety with the NFL's part But at the same point, you can't be you can't be acting like you need a pillowcase for every tackle. So,
1: well, it wasn't like he was you know. in the a- act of throwing either. Roughing the passer is in the act of throwing. And, and and
0: talking with my buddy, with one of my buddies who you know he he's very much sports savvy, and you know he he actually worked in minor league uh, sports for a while, and he's a good friend of my, mine from other shows. He follows a lot of my stuff, and he follows this one too. And his thing was, well, they're focusing on the whip, you know, which is like, yes, but I mean, but there's a, a like if you if your head doesn't hit the turf, I would feel like then you can't really throw the flag, you know. I, uh, but maybe I'm wrong.
1: Well, if it's a the Dama can sue, pick up and slam, yes, I can understand, but don't call it rough in the past. I could be unsportsmanlike, or that could be something else. Mm-hmm. The whole whipping was just – they were he was tackling. It wasn't like he picked him up and slammed him. It was the way they were going, Tom Brady trying to – like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll have to bring me on to another podcast and talk to me about that because that's just – Yeah, Oh, I, I agree.
0: We still owe you an instance on fourth and four. We'll, that is going to happen here.
1: you got just plenty of time that. for that, but that, that one mm-hmm. was – I'm watching it and I'm like –
0: I I screamed probably as loud at, at the at that play as I did at the end of the Bears game because, you know, it's one it's one thing like I my fandom for Chicago of course is one thing but you're threatening the integrity of some parts of the game the more you keep letting certain precedents exist mm-hmm. and that's a precedent okay well if that is a flag then there's a lot more flags because then they switched over in our area they switched it to. New Orleans and Seattle,
1: and Geno Smith got sacked in the exact
0: same fashion.
1: Right. No well, flag was called. Well, the way Tom Brady got tackled, running backs get tackled like that all the time. So it's like, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute. That should be a flag then. Like, like I said, if they called it unnecessary roughness, I'd still be mad about it. But that one, you could make a decent, better argument to where I'll still disagree with you and say you're wrong. But at least you could have some feet to stand on of that to say roughing the passer when all he wasn't even passing that wasn't even close um so yeah that that like i don't know i am all about safety but football and nfl is becoming more soft on certain things and like i i feel bad for the refs because they probably get told one thing but then their human element takes over and say well this is what i think and that it's bad for right refs are in that conflict
0: yeah, I mean, the, again, the gray area, you know, that, that's what worries me is, you know, I think the gray area gets more muddled. It's hard to call it, you know. I, I don't mean to even interject this like I'm the alt football fan I am, but I am mean, serious when I say that, you know, the United States Football League, one, one thing that they do, they review personal fouls. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it is plays like that where it is roughing the passer or you know a necessary roughness call and there's parameters for those i can guarantee you if there was a challenge for that in that instance like if or sorry if the nfl had thrown a review on there that's reversed because that doesn't fit the criteria for roughing the passer there's no the violent motion doesn't do enough to justify the means there's no head injury risk it's a tackle Right, so that's why I argue, like, hey, you know what? It it was executed last spring very well. I want to see that implemented because as long as you have some guy that can in be in that command center in New York, quickly flip it over, which it should be a quick change to just rule it and go, then there you go. Just make a quick call.
1: That's that's all I got on this matter. It's just, you know, well, and then the whole. Well, it's because it's Tom Brady, and I don't hate Tom Brady. I'm not like a huge, huge fan. I'm not gonna go get the jersey, but I never hated Tom Brady. You know, you you like mm-hmm. watching him play, but that's where the whole stigma comes on. Where well, that's Tom Brady, and that's why they called it. And you know that that whole thing happens. And you know, and also, did you see the picture that Antonio Brown put up of <laughs> what a horrible human being he is? What I, a I don't terrible human being. I don't know
0: what to say anymore to him. I just, I'm with most people. I'm like, I do worry if it is like something health related, you know, that that's my only worry more. I'm like, dude, I hope that you do get the help you need and that it doesn't, I, I would hate to have it where it's like this, like live fast, die young guy that you end up hearing about. Like he was 38 and you know, now he's not here anymore. And then you go and, it's like heavy cte type issues because otherwise it's just a personality that's garbage and that i i i'm not saying that's justifiable because of health but like that still sucks you know mm-hmm. like I, that that is a horrible way to live your life <laughs> that in some of the instances in a certain pool
1: in dubai that, oh yeah uh, Sorry, I wasn't or talking about there. that picture. I was talking about the other one. There oh, are I know two what you're pictures. About.
0: There are two pictures. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I know exactly what picture you're talking about. You're talking about a certain divorce book edit that they made that he made. I'm aware of that. <laughs> I don't know. I think the world's done with A, should be is done with AB unless you're like a TMZ archetype or, because uh, I, I mean, what, what else? look, unless you want a distraction on your team, we get it. It's going to happen. Eventually, someone's going to make him annoyed. And he's just going to do whatever the hell he wants right. is what's going to happen. you know? Right. I don't know if Ben Big Ben broke him or not, but hey, did, something in Pittsburgh went horribly wrong. He That's has a few screws missing.
1: A few play. screws yeah. missing. Um, yeah. But back to the Bears. Um, I guess there's – Yes, there's,
0: gracefully back to the
1: Bears. Gracefully please. back. <laughs> we are sliding away from that back to the Bears because there's probably about two more things I know for sure that probably need to be discussed because – I don't know about you, I immediately hop on and I'll, like, listen or read or watch Bears post-game stuff from different people. And the word thrown around a lot was, um, you know, this was a uh, moral victory. Like, this was a moral victory. And I... (laughs) was upset about it when I heard it because I was like, no moral victories. And then I thought about my own coaching career, and I'm like, there's been so many times as a coach where I have walked away going, but we got better, but we did this, or our moral victories. But I do at the same time hate them, and I know the kids hate them. Like, you know, but I I hate moral – I feel like it's acceptable for high school. But once you're in the NFL, like, I don't know if there is moral victories because the things that – Bit us in the ass. Were the same things that had been happening the previous, you know, four weeks. Sure. So that was the one of the big things. Was like moral. It's the C C H G O, you know, network that does the sport Chicago stuff. Today, their title, of their video was Moral <laughs> Victory Monday, and I'm like, you've got to be shitting me! Like, that's oh my god. I might title that for this one, too. Moral victory. I don't know. But I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I, I listen to the 670, the score stream, whenever I do the po- listen to the post games. So I listen to Mully and, uh, and then Manly mm-hmm. at the end. Great stuff, by the way. I, I always love – to me, that's the best discussion post because you get not only the fan reaction, but you get a sensible, like, okay, we just watched this. Here's what we think type of thing, you know. And I, I, I enjoy that kind of those mixed angles. And, you know, I, I kind of got the same deal with that, was it was like, you know, moral victories. Um but I think the better way of saying it is like at least there was I would rather say at least there was progress. Because we can at least argue that, okay, yeah, we lost for reasons. But what stuck out that today? Justin Fields, best game he's had this season. And I would it's kind of hard to say that it's not that case because the yardage of course if you're talking stats wise it's definitely there if you're talking confidence wise it's absolutely there um and if you're talking offensive line play to allow him to do the things he wants to do all those things combine well so best game he's had all season great is it where we need him to fully be 24 7 in terms of what we expect um not yet but I'll take the progress um I thought that the fight that they had, you know, again, Matt Nagy era, you probably wouldn't have seen a comeback like this. You probably would have seen them lay down and die second half, I think. So I take that as progress. Doesn't mean that it, it should be celebrated as a moral victory, because I agree with you. That that, that that terminology can be a little, it can be a little bit of a cheap way of justifying the means. Right. You know, um, I, I look at it as like you say, more victory. I go, Oh, so like, anytime anytime we talk about the bear the lions or the bears you know that's like that's the cheap terminology we've used in recent years or for the lions at least really since you know the mid 2010s
1: <laughs> right i like that better that should be like a progress monday like we we they we made progress um which is the perfect segue to talk more about justin fields because we did you did say you can not wait to hear this because somebody did put on there, like, is Justin Fields the guy or how do we feel about this? And I said, I am not there yet. And the reason why is because I need to see We can't have one game where he, he like looks better and then we go, well, that's the guy. Well, no, because how many times did Mitch look good and then turn around and didn't look good? Now, Matt Nagy, whatever, T-shirt. but I can go back that far. We could go back and say, oh, so-and-so looks good you know, on any team. That's the guy. Well, let's hold on a second. Like Lamar Jackson will not be the guy much longer the way he keeps playing, his mechanics and all that stuff. But he had a good game, and they said he was the guy. Then it continued where he continued to run the ball, and he did good things, and he slowly became that person. Everybody out there that's saying that Justin Fields is the franchise quarterback right now, I'm not seeing it because it's got to be more consistent. We've said it before. It's got to see – I say in the coaching world, coaches get fired when they don't see progress. When in the athletic directors, the owners, they don't see progress, they fire coaches. When they see digression, they fire them. Same thing with players. If they don't see it consistently – now I'm not saying each and every game that he has to throw for 300 yards.
0: Mm-hmm. He
1: can throw for 200 yards today, then tomorrow throw for 145 – but we win because he wasn't asked to do certain things. And then he throws, like, it just, it could be up and down a little bit, but it can't be dramatically where it's, he throws for 60 yards tomorrow, the next game. Then the next game, like, if it's a Jekyll and Hyde thing for him too, I'm not on board. We can't sit there and say, I'm on board because of one game of this year where he has done better. And that touchdown pass was that little jet toss, which is considered a pass. And to me, that should be a handoff, but it's a little toss because it's going forward. That was his completion. And he still has more interceptions than touchdowns and all that stuff. And I think you've convinced me for the three-year plan. I think I tweeted at somebody. I was like – or put on something. I said, three-year plan. Next year, he gets better? Cool. But this is what he did at Ohio State. Right. This is exactly what happened. Did just enough. Looks a little better. And then he goes – like when he gets hit with a good defense – Bad things happen. Indiana, Northwestern, back then when they had a good defense. The only time I ever gave him a lot of credit was the Clemson game where he got speared in the back, stood up, and and played well. Right, like his toughness has definitely been there.
0: Right, um, I mean he had moments last year that you know he, I mean all the beatings he took just from that constant line pressure and getting hit, and even some ugly tackles and him coming and responding. His toughness, there's never been a question about that. So that's always been the steadiest aspect i just uh i'm i'm with you in terms of like you know i still want to see i guess consistent games put over and over i like that the yardage has gone up which to me that more signifies not only do not only do you maybe have more you know you're trying to settle in and you're kind of getting your receivers a little more some of them that is a little more in check austin pettis i'm looking i'm looking at you or dante pettis i'm looking at you for your God awful play <laughs> this week those two passes those two drops were egregious but I also look at it as Luke Getsy, I guess opening the playbook more there were still times it felt like he didn't do that enough against Minnesota but it did feel like this one as well like if you want to go even farther than just Fields the play the play calling at least felt like it was more more ballsy than the last few weeks like it actually Was trying to push the agenda a little more, and that's where I'm like, okay, I think all of us Bears fans like, great. Now fully open the book, moving forward. Stop with the gates and just go. You have nothing to lose. No one's expecting the Bears this year to do anything. What, like, just go. Take Mm -hmm. it. Evaluate your quarterback. Give him the whole thing now. Right. Now that you're five weeks in, like, just do it, period. You're, you're a quarter of the way through the season at this point. There's no reason to hold back anymore.
1: Right. Um, and then Justin – like, one of my buddies who's a Bears fan is very – we're both on the same page of we were not on board with Justin Fields. He has a good point. He's like – he has more interceptions than touchdown passes, and he fumbles the ball probably once or twice a game because of how he carries the ball. Like, these are just things that that, that aren't good. Now – Yeah, yeah. He's a good breakaway. Like the times where he had a clear lane to run, he takes off. And I'm like, cool. And he was running out of bounds. He was trying to like not take the hit because I'm all for that. Because if he keeps taking hits, it's not going to go well. So if he can learn to slide, get out of bounds, not do this, growth in that spot, yes. I'm just not on board with all the other Chicago uh, media stuff. So people can say, oh, I need to listen to them more. No, no, I don't because I'll <laughs> listen to Trent Dilfer and, you know he played quarterback in the NFL. I listen to people like him. I won't listen to like Ryan Clark, who was possessed by ESPN, putting stuff into his head to say these things. <laughs> you know, and we can't evaluate people. And 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 Stephen A. Smith of the world. Ooh, I, what now? What about here is one then? While you're on the tangent on this tangent, what about Dan Rolofsky? He's
0: the uh, you have both sides of the aisle quarterback, but ESPN.
1: See, he's weird because. He'll go on, like, the Pat McAfee show and say what he wants. Then he's on ESPN. And he's got to be all, like, proper oh, yeah. and, and stuff. And so he's one of those weird ones. Ryan Clark is kind of infused in – I'm not going to get political, but it seems like politics has sort of invaded ESPN over the years um, and some of these guys. It just feels that way. And then, like, I'm all for opinionated stuff. Like, we're allowed to be opinionated because this is not a multimillion podcast. But on ESPN, when they get so opinionated where it's like, well, I can't listen to you because you have to be able to give both sides, all that stuff. I think Dan Orlovsky can kind of – he's infused in it, but he can still sometimes during ESPN give a different side. But that's Mm -hmm. why Pat McAfee's show is so big because then they're allowed to go on there and kind of say what they want to say outside of their own stuff. So I'll kind of listen to him a little bit. Trent Dilfer's not even with ESPN anymore. I almost have him on the podcast this summer – and I was really excited about it. Almost, I would talk to trying rep-
0: man. I would that would be a freaking that'd be a freaking hell of a show.
1: He's coaching right now. It's hard to like.
0: Let's. I mean. I mean. Yes, but still, you totally need to keep trying though. Like that would be be a freaking awesome
1: interview. I I talked to a representative because I emailed Trent Dilfer, Trent Dilfer personally. Then a representative emailed me back saying we got your email. Blah blah blah. So we were back and forth talking and just couldn't figure it out. Okay. Um But, yeah, I'll listen to people like that, but I won't listen to – like some of these people that do the Chicago stuff, cool, that's awesome. But guess what? They have their opinions too. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying they're right. I'm not saying I'm wrong or they're wrong. It's opinions. For me personally, you have to see this type of progression. Now, if he does this from here on out the rest of the season, yeah, then I'm going to start slowly saying, okay, you know, I'm still a little bit scarred about – you know, 2019, 2020, and 2021. Still a little <laughs> scarred, but I don't think we can jump the gun and say that's the franchise quarterback. Like some of these people say, does he have the capability? Yes. I just saw too much of it at Ohio State. I'm seeing too much of it now, and that's where I come from. I'm a little, I'm still hurt because the biggest struggle for me was the offensive line, and they still have not. I think Jenkins has solely put himself into that, like being very good. The rest of them, our center position is struggling. Doug Kramer would have been perfect for the game yesterday. Um, I think he has a poise to be a good NFL center. And, you know, I just thought that was where we should have drafted at the time. Like, we had Andy Dalton, and I'm not saying that was the answer, but I was like, you know what? Andy Dalton has at least played a lot of football. We get we fixed the offensive line. Then we start figuring out the quarterback position later. We would have been fine. I think we're just kind of doing it ass-backwards. Like, let's get the quarterback, and then we'll figure out the rest.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering what – they're seeing or how it's either what are they seeing in Sam Mustafer that keeps justifying him getting these starts or how bad is Lucas Patrick as the backup option because and or how bad is Lucas Patrick's you know switch to guard whoever's going to take over for him be because that I I feel like every week you find more reasons for the for the offensive you know coaches to say okay let's pull let's pull the switch you know Let's put Patrick in. Let's try something else. Because I mean you had bad snaps in this one that you know the beginning of this game, like dull you had a dull snap right out of the gate. It was an almost an omen of sorts. Well you know, you you know poor offensive line play has stemmed really from his spot
1: in particular. So what what I just, blackmail does he have on these coaches to keep him right. in there? Hey, it's in my contract.
0: Damn, who let this guy's agent put this contract together?
1: <laughs> well, it's like Matt Rule; he still owed his forty million dollars. Like these agents for these college coaches, NFL coaches, are the best in the business to to get this money. But what is <laughs> what does he have on Iberflus and them? Does he have some type of picture we're not supposed to know? I said that about Saint or uh, the New Orleans Saints. What is the, what do they have on Sean Payton? Where what's his face was the quarterback that's still down there? Uh, oh.
0: I've got. I know exactly what it is. You you know what it is. He he goes up to uh, he goes up to Eberflus and uh, Alan Williams. He's like, I know why you are not playing Travis Gibson more. And, and they're like, No, you don't. It's like shows it. Oh uh, yeah, um, yeah. Sure, yeah. you can keep playing center. That's fine. <laughs> like some stupid thing. But I mean, that's that's its own separate thing. Because yeah, Gibson showed as well. Like why he should be getting more reps than Muhammad what what do we know though but uh, that switch has to you think come soon enough i just you just the bad evidence of his poor play at that position keeps stacking
1: yes and like he, like maybe he has bad practices let's go back to that maybe he practices bad yeah, so that's what
0: they choose yeah i think i think tevin jenkins has removed the stigma of the uh bad practice rap I mean, or or has basically overcome it where it's like, okay, he's playing good in these games. They're bad practices or not. He's been mauling at guard. So
1: just keep him at guard. <laughs> so I don't know what to say beyond that. But you would think, I mean, they talked about it. I've heard other places talk about it. Why is he playing center? Why have they not made this decision? So it's not just I us saying this, know. like other people have said this. He has to have some type of blackmail. Um, but that was my old grumpy man thing about Justin Fields. That was my.
0: I feel you. I, I do want to see come this next contest against Washington, if we continue to see stacked progress. You know, I there are opportunities here against the Commanders. Um, but I mean, I I'm hoping this is just a good, this is a good start. You know, that we do see this continue to grow and that the connections and some of the reads get better and we see guys like Cole Komet continue to hopefully get better outings he's I would say his outing as well you know he was much more involved with the offense than he had been four for 45 you know Mm -hmm. I like to see that as the baseline can we get that as your base catch at least four catches and if you can get 40 yards a game that's the base I think most Bears fans should maybe hope for and then he excels and keeps growing on that you know becomes that main guy or any way to keep him away from run blocking, because Jesus, I cannot say enough how poor Cole Komet is at being a run-blocking tight end. This man is a pass-catch te-, <laughs> TE first. They need to have him out there. So, yeah, put Ryan Griffin or someone else in the blocks, because clearly Cole Komet cannot do it. Um, otherwise, like, yeah, Darnell Mooney, you know, solid you know, two catches, but it had a massive one that was one-handed that got... Them that got this whole thing started and kickstarted off for 39 yards. David Montgomery, hey, they leaned on the check down. He's a good check down because he makes great cuts and he keeps driving. So there's stuff. You know, Quinius St. Brown, hey, nice to see you back as well, getting a, two catches in <laughs> as well for you. I don't know. I feel like you take the, the freaking – I'm going to put this in NASCAR terms. You take the restrictor plate off the car and let's just have the thing run wide open. You know, stop putting gates, stop putting things that restrict things and go ahead. And then evaluate fields and hope to get stacked games. We're not allowed to evaluate
1: good. them, though. We're not allowed to.
0: Oh, yes, that's right. I mean, I, sorry, I misspoke. Um, and, and, allow the, and allow the Bears to just kind of throw their hands up and say, eh, I think it's good. <laughs> what do you think,
1: you know? It's like the bird box. They're blindfolded. I think it was okay. I hear things. I don't know if right. it's good.
0: Because the other conversation can just be what PFF started last week that got everyone flustered is Bryce Young, Chicago, what? And so, oh, God. Yeah. I, and I'm not going down that road again. But, you know, if for some reason this is the outlier game, we go back to what we've been seeing, then that conversation keeps growing. So, you know, keep that in mind that that's that only builds if you see games like that and the bears somehow get into a big losing streak
1: and if Bryce Young wins a national title it'll be really ramped up yeah yeah um i didn't even say this at the beginning we both had minnesota winning yeah eh, we i had you had 27 points i had 28 points you had the bears with 17 i had them with 14 we were close
0: i i would hey 10 point difference for me is fine for you, for you being being that variation, I think that was solid. And, and, you know, it was looking like it was going to be worse than that. So
1: I tweeted at you. I was like, this might be worse than what I thought. Because <laughs> they were on pace to score like 40 by halftime. I'm like, well, this right. is not good. It, it flipped around.
0: That's all you can do. You know, and hell, I mean, give credit as well. Speaking of that, we don't talk – shows like us don't talk about it enough. But special teams, I'll give them props. You know, getting that block field goal. That was, you know, huge. that was another moment yeah, another huge. momentum swinger. You know, that that's something that you consider. You know, that two missed field goals from Minnesota, that's six points difference right there. You know, game might not have even been able to uh, be in our favor, could have pushed things to where the momentum shifts back in Minnesota's favor at that
1: point. Right. Um, but yeah, we saw some growth. We need to continue to see some growth um, for Thursday night football versus the Washington Commanders. I almost called them their old name whoops hey good good catch because i would i'd be like i'd be like no 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 (laughs) that's not right the washington guardians oh no i'm never mind i I, would have taken football team for christ's sake yeah I know. He just called him the football team again. Me and my buddy said that. We were like, as the year was going, I'm like, we're kind of like the Washington football team. It's kind of it's kind of sticking with you. And then they come up with the commanders. I'm like, well, this is stupid. <laughs> but more on that when we have a preview That how stupid that is. Um, but, yep, Bears lose. Progress victory, not a moral victory because there's no time for moral victories in the NFL because – evaluators do their job, I'm going to say it. if they evaluate, guys can get cut at any point, or you know released, and all that stuff, so no time for that yeah. It's um, the sound of progress, my friend The sound of progress, but Vikings are a good team, Bears have to move on now, short week to try to play on the Washington Commanders on Thursday night um, Well, I think that's it, Zach, um, guys, go check out Zach's other podcast, USFL podcast Inside the Wall podcast, 4th and 4 on Sundays Talking about all things and the NFL pickems and all that good stuff. Um, Zach, thanks for coming back, guys. Like and subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, evaluate as much as you can until Ryan Clark takes it away. Um, yes. Can't be doing that. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching or listening. We will see you guys next time.